Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Joining us right now on the Team 980 guest hotline, it is Dan Duggan, Giants beat writer for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter, at DDuggan21. What's going on, Dan? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I am doing great, man. Excited for Sunday night's matchup. Before we look ahead uh, to this Sunday's matchup, can you take me back and hit the rewind button? What happened Sunday uh, at the Meadowlands against the Philadelphia Eagles? I turned Ugh. I turned the TV on. It was 0-0. And the next thing I know, it was 21-0. <laughs> yeah, I mean, do we really need to relive that? That was uh, <laughs> painful enough to sit through once. But, yeah, no, I mean, it was uh, – it was just a matter of you know, the Giants were outclass. I mean, obviously the yeah. Eagles are you know, the best team in the NFL, and they're rolling right now. Um, and the Giants just, you know, they, they certainly didn't bring their A game, and they needed yeah. to bring their A game to even have a chance. And it just, once it starts snowballing, it just it got out of hand fast because they're, they're not built to come from behind. And, I mean, again, the Eagles were just clicking, and the Giants were, you know, pretty banged up defensively. So they really they just had no answers. Yeah. And, you know, obviously Philly's, Philly's been, you know, I know the commanders beat them. But Philly's been known to do that to teams this year, and uh, you know once they get rolling, they're pretty tough to stop. Yeah, something that's been difficult for the Giants to overcome here as of late, Dan, is the injury situation. Uh, they're missing guys in the secondary Sunday, I believe. You guys were without uh, Leonard Williams uh, heading into Sunday night's contest. How healthy do you expect the G-men to be? Yeah, I mean it's a great question. It's an important question because uh, Leonard Williams he played like the first half of that first Commanders game you know, two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, but he left there in that game and was out on Sunday. I think he'll be back. I mean, it's funny he's been an Iron Man his first seven years, and all of a sudden this year now he's missed uh, missed three games early in the year with a knee, and now he missed Sunday with a neck. But I I think he'll be back. Uh, the bigger question is Adoree Jackson, who yeah. he sprained his MCL a couple weeks ago, so he's missed the last three games. Now, he at least returned to the practice field last week, didn't actually do anything, but the fact that he was out there is a sign that at least he's making some level of progress. I don't know if it'll be enough. You know, they don't practice again until tomorrow, so that'll be our first chance to see just how much progress he's made. At the same time, I mean, this game feels like it's kind of all hands on deck, so uh, if he's close, you would think he'll be in the lineup, and they really missed him. Obviously, you saw what Terry McLaurin uh, did to Fabian Moreau in, in the previous matchup, and then with Philly, you know, they got two, two number one receivers, and the Giants had no answers, so they desperately needed Dory Jackson back, and... Um, there's a chance that they will, so that, that would go a long way to, to help in their defense. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you referenced the last matchup with the Commanders. I believe that was Taylor Heineke's season high in passing yards uh, on the season, so clearly the secondary issue is a must-fix uh, for the G-Men heading into Sunday night. Dan, uh, what's happened to this football team, though, man? They started off 7-2, and two, and now they sit here at 7-5-1. and one. Is it is it strictly based off of the injury situation, or, or is it something with the X's and O's that have changed? Yeah, I mean, there's a variety of factors. I actually did a story where I came up with 10, so there's, there's no shortage <laughs> of reasons I wrote this morning on The Athletic. But it's, it's I mean, first and foremost, like, 
the, the first point I made was regression was inevitable. I mean, this isn't like a great roster that's all of a sudden hit the skids. Like, yeah. they overachieved so significantly when they got for that fast start. I mean, if you looked at anyone in August, was predicting this team to win five, six, maybe for optimistic seven games. So the fact that they won, you know, seven, they started out seven and two, uh, no one saw that coming. But you also felt like right. it was going to be really hard to maintain that. They were winning all these one-score games. You know, in this league, that tends to even out. Uh, surely it has now when you add in some of the injuries, and they're just limited. They just don't have, you know, you look at this offense outside Saquon Barkley, like name a playmaker, let alone one that scares you. So um, it's hard to get by in this league, obviously, without talent. I mean, you just, you just look at what Washington has, um, with the running backs they have, the wide receivers they have. I mean, it's a significant advantage over what the Giants are, are dealing with right now. Yeah, talking more about this Giants offense, Dan, I want to talk about the quarterback position in Daniel Jones. He's somebody that I've been a huge fan of uh, ever since he entered the league. I feel like in your guys' market, he gets a bad rap because, you know, that's just the way the beast of the New York media is. Uh, assess his play uh, over over the, the start of the season and, and really during this losing streak that you guys have been on. Has it been on Daniel Jones, or do you feel like the rest of the supporting cast isn't helping him out enough? Yeah, well, it's funny. I'm not surprised someone in your market has been impressed because he's had his best game <laughs> right. against Washington. It's like the one team that he's really uh, thrived against throughout his, against throughout his career. So yeah. uh, that doesn't surprise me. You have a, a favorable impression. So it's funny. Like, he has been pretty steady this year, which is in some ways an improvement because he was kind of volatile during his career with a lot of the turnovers. He's really cut back on that. At the same time, it's such a chicken and the egg thing with him where it's yeah. like, is it because of him or is it because of the weapons or is it because of the offensive line? And, you know, Obviously, in football, everything's interconnected, so it's really a combination of all those things. But I'll put it this way. He has not been their biggest problem. Like, that's for sure. I mean, again, like, he's literally throwing the guys off the street, a wide receiver. Uh, Saquon has not looked the same. And, you know, basically, Saquon and Daniel's struggles can probably be traced to the offensive line, which has really kind of sprung some holes here as the season's progressed. So uh, I think he's been fine, which, okay, that's great. But, like, if they're going to right this shift, he needs to be better than fine. Like, he needs to somehow find a way – to, to raise his level, raise these guys around him. And, that, and that's not, you know, that's going to be easier said than done, especially against good defenses like they've been facing lately. Uh, but that's what they need, and he hasn't quite shown that he can do that. And, and that's really what uh, the jury's still kind of out on his future here because of that. Dan, when the Giants jumped out to that 7-2 and two start, uh, everywhere on social media and, and on all the big-time sporting channels, you were seeing images of Brian Dable in the locker room and, all the talk was about how he was able to come in here and establish and, and change this culture right away. On the flip side of that coin, during this rough stretch, have you felt like the confidence level in Dable has wavered, or has he been the same guy uh, that he was since day one? I mean, he's pretty much been the same guy. I mean, obviously, these coaches, they don't handle losing well. Right. I, mean, I haven't met one yet that does. Right. Um, but, no, he's pretty much been consistent. And, and I will say to his credit, when they were winning – he wasn't like going crazy. I mean, you see him dancing in the locker room and stuff, but you know, publicly and I think to the team, he kind of tried to keep a pretty even keel. So that way, when adversity did hit, it was like, whoa, like you know, he's so different. Um, so I think that's kind of been his mo. I think he kind of knew right. that it probably wasn't going to go fifteen and two. Like there was going to be some rough patches, so he's kind of always bracing for that. I think the biggest difference and the thing he kind of got criticized for around here was you know, in that Washington game in overtime. He got fourth and three at the Washington forty-five, and he punts it away. And now listen, that might have been the right call because end up. You know, tying the game, had a chance to even kick that long field goal, and I think a tie was more beneficial um, to their playoff odds than if they lost that game, obviously, with a, a crushing right. blow where the win, you know, they had to execute a fourth and three play, which I understand we didn't have confidence. But in the opener, he galvanized this team and the fan base by going for two uh, when they, you know, scored late against Tennessee, and obviously they won that game. So, you know, he, he isn't quite going – 
uh, letting it all hang out like you did early in the year. Because I think, you know, these guys kind of tighten up a little bit when you get to playoff time, and, and you, know, you don't want to blow a, an opportunity. So I think they just kind of settle like, okay, a tie is not the worst thing here. But uh, it wasn't that same, you know, guns blazing uh, approach that he came out with uh, to start this season. Joining us right now on the Team 980 Yes Hotline is Dan Duggan, Giants beat reporter for The Athletic. Uh, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at dduggan 21 uh, we mentioned Brian Dable. He's the one on the staff that gets a lot of the credit uh, for, for the Giants' 7-2 and two start. I want to talk about defensive coordinator Wink Martindale in his first season at the helm leading this Giants' defense. We saw it firsthand, Dan, when we took on uh, the Giants a couple weeks back. His ability to create confusion along opposing teams' offensive line uh, is second to none, and he's got that defense that was already good, in my opinion, playing with a different type of swagger and energy. Uh, what have you seen since Wink's taken over? Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's totally accurate. I mean, I, I've you know you watch a lot of football. I've, I've never seen the way he's able to devise pressures. It's like I try and figure out what he's doing. I have no idea how these offensive linemen and quarterbacks know who's coming, who's not. You know, all these guys at the line, and he's just really good at scheming not only one on ones but unblocked rushes. I mean, I think back to that overtime play when Kayvon Thibodeau was you know probably their best pass rusher. He comes in unblocked, drilled Heineke in the back. I think that they still can't believe he held on to that right. ball. That, you know, that could have easily been a, a fumble there for a, either a touchdown or a safety to, to win that game. But he just does that consistently. And, I mean, he doesn't have a ton to work with here, especially when we talk about the injuries. So, listen, like, when they've played really good offenses like the Cowboys and the Eagles, obviously it's just been hard for them to match up. But if you look at, you know, week in and week out, uh, they're not giving up a ton of points. They're, he's keeping them in these games. I think it's just a lot for opposing offenses, like, you know, there'll be stretches. I mean, I know Washington had one in the game oh, you know, a week ago where the offense just kind of idles for a while because he's just throwing so much junk at them, and it gets you out of your rhythm. Uh, I think what Washington did and what teams have had success really is just running the ball. I mean, if you can do that, that's probably your best answer because the run defense isn't great, and you don't want to end up you know, trying to throw it a lot against him because he just finds ways to, to get offenses out, you know, out of the rhythm just with the pressures and, the, and kind of the crazy looks he throws at them throughout the game. Dan, from your vantage point, Washington with the one and four start. There's six one and one uh, since that point. What scares you the most uh, heading into Sunday night? And what, in your mind, uh, has been the biggest reason for Washington's turnaround? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like a mirror image of the Giants where yeah. they, they started started slow. I mean, because like, it's funny when you're looking at playoff odds, it wasn't really looking at Washington. All of a sudden, you know, as that, that first matchup, you know, started creeping up on us. Like, wait a second, there's another team here the Giants have to hold off. Um, yeah. I think the two position groups to line up with two of the Giants' biggest weaknesses would scare me the most, and that's Washington's wide receivers, because we saw what they did in the first matchup. They really didn't have an answer for any of those guys. So uh, if Adoree Jackson's uh, not back in the lineup, I'm not quite sure how, you know, that Fabian Moreau, Terry McCoy matchup did not work out, as I said. So I'm not sure what their answer is there, because Wink, the one thing he's going to do, you blitz that much, you're going to play man behind it. So you need guys like Adoree Jackson who can match up with number one receivers. So uh, that's definitely a concern. And on the other side of the ball, I mean, obviously that Washington defensive line is, is formidable on the Giants offensive line, like I said, has been pretty leaky. So uh, that's the thing that can really get the Giants, you know, kind of off kilter. If they can't give Jones some time back there, if they can't open holes for Saquon Barkley, uh, obviously nothing's really going to work. And, and, you know, like as I said, they've, they've run into some of these NFC defensive lines are really good, yeah. <laughs> and that's coincided with these struggles where, you know, this is offensive line has really been overmatched in some of these matchups. Dan, I apologize for this. It's the media member in me, man. I can't help but look ahead for both of these football teams. <laughs> we'll start with the Giants. This remaining four-game stretch that they have, uh, is that, in your mind, going to be the deciding factor as to what they end up doing at quarterback this offseason? Uh, they declined to pick up the fifth-year option of Daniel Jones. I believe he is an unrestricted free agent 
uh, right. come come the summer. What do you end up? What do you, what do you predict happening in that situation? And do you think the remaining four games is a big decider in that? Yeah, I do because I mean Joe Shane, the GM, spoke at the midway point at their bye, and he was asked about you know extending certain guys like Saquon Barkley, and he definitely indicated he's open to doing that. With Daniel Jones, there was no talk to his, um, his representatives when you know when asked about Jones, he kind of just said like, "Listen, there's still nine games to go. Like it, it's clearly going to be a season long evaluation." So. Uh, I don't think they're leaning necessarily one way or the other, and I don't know. I mean, I think these next four games, you know, potentially could sway them if they, you know, they bought them out and go on four. It probably makes the decision easier if they get in the playoffs, and you know, anything can happen there. That, that actually helps Jones's case. But I do go back to that point you made. You know, they came in, they had three years of tape to watch. The fifth year option was about twenty million dollars. They declined it, so he was kind of always, you know, facing an uphill battle here to win them over. In my opinion, like right. he had to show them enough to make them realize, hey, that was a mistake. This guy's worth it. I, like I said, he's been fine this year. I don't know that he's done enough to sway them. But then the other question there is, okay, so you don't, you don't love Daniel Jones, but who's your replacement option? Are you going to roll with Tyrod Taylor? Are you going to you know, get a quarterback if they're drafted, like let's just say around 20? Yeah. Um, it's it's going to be very interesting. It's, it's, trust me, it's the biggest topic that I've been thinking about for the last you know nine months since <laughs> these guys came in, and it's going to dominate um, everything really as we get into the offseason. But, no, I think these next four games, uh, the beauty of it, a lot of it is in Daniel Jones' hands. If they, you know, rip off four straight wins and win a playoff game, then, hey, they got no choice but to bring him back. Joining us right now is Dan Duggan, Giants beat reporter for The Athletic. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter, at DDuggan21. Dan, I saw you going back and forth with a fan earlier this morning uh, about the <laughs> Kenny Galladay situation. Uh, can you explain that for the D.C. folks here in a nutshell and how strange that's been uh, from your vantage point? I don't know how many other teams you've covered in your career, but have you ever seen a free agent debacle signing like this? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've been on the Giants beat for seven years, so Nate Solder gives him you know, maybe a run for his money. But Nate, <laughs> Nate Solder at least was, yeah. you, know, he, you know, he played every week. And, like, I don't know, like, he was, he was a tier below Galladay because, I mean, Galladay gets $72 million, and he, he literally still does not have a touchdown in a Giants uniform. Yeah. Like, it's been – an unmitigated disaster. He's been injured. He's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, but, yeah, so with the, the fan on Twitter, it's like they're asking like, why they don't get galled into the ball. And my point is just like, it's over. Like, it's not going to happen. He's, like I said, they're literally starting guys off the street. And Galladay, you know, he can't even get on the field. He's playing a handful of snaps here, a handful of snaps there. Uh, he just has no juice left. I mean, I know he had some injuries in Detroit. Obviously, the hip injury was the big one, which, you know, you question what the Giants doctors saw there because it seems like he's just shot. And, you know, giving him that kind of contract coming off that injury was, was certainly questionable. Right. So, I mean, this regime, if they could have cut him last offseason, they would have. It's just the cap made it, you know, prohibitive to do so. But uh, the first opportunity they get, he will be gone after this season. So that's why I was just kind of uh, kind of tired of hearing the Kenny Galladay questions because <laughs> they're giving him opportunities this year and he yeah. has not taken advantage. So I think it's time everyone just kind of moves on. As you mentioned, man, if this was – if there was ever a moment for Kenny Galladay to come to life, this is it. I mean – Isaiah Hodgins? I don't know who the right, heck that right. is. Two straight weeks with a touchdown, though. So clearly Giants going with some guys off the street at the wideout position, but it's working for him, I guess. Uh, Dan Duggan joining us right now via the Team 980 guest hotline. Follow him on Twitter at dduggan21. Dan, I'll let you go on this, my friend. Put your magic genie cap on, so to speak. <laughs> what do you see happening Sunday night? Man, it's like, you know, they, they tied the last time, so it's about as much of a coin flip as you can have, right? right. Uh, it's, it's one thing to say teams are evenly matched, but we literally have 70 minutes of evidence to back that up. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it feels crazy, especially when you mentioned, you know, the, the run Washington's been on uh, compared to kind of the tailspin the Giants have been in. 
I just have a funny feeling the Giants are going to uh, find a way to pull this game out. I know it's you know it's the deck stack against them. They should have won that game at home because now you're getting one on the road. Uh, Daniel Jones has not been in or won a lot of big games in his career. I just have a funny feeling that they're going to find a way to pull it out. I'm sure it'll be close. I mean, I'm guessing it'll be very similar to the first yeah. matchup. Um, but I don't know. I mean, after I just dumped on the team for 20 minutes here, I still somehow <laughs> – think they're going to find a way. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm that, still kind of buying it. If, if that doesn't say, sound like a reporter who's been in the market for seven years, then I don't know what else does. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I feel like they just have some little magic from no, that, I feel that, that start that I'm, I'm still buying into that they'll somehow conjure up because it definitely has been a rough patch. But uh, it's kind of now or never, and for some reason I just think they'll pull through. But I definitely think it'll be a close game, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a field goal either way. To piggyback off of what you said, this is kind of – I'm, by the way, on the record and. Coin flip for me as well. I don't know who the hell I'm going to end up eventually picking uh, on Friday when I have to. But it just feels like, to me, you kind of just alluded to it. The Giants are the more desperate team right now, it feels like. Their backs are against the wall. They're coming off a ugly loss uh, last weekend. I feel like emotions are going to be high. And maybe it's the wounded warrior effect. All the cards are stacked up against you. You're going into enemy territory in a primetime, nationally televised game. Maybe the Giants do pull it out. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's going to be a lot of fun either way because, yeah. I mean, again, I've been on the beat seven years, haven't covered a lot of big games, and this is essentially <laughs> a playoff game. I think the, right. the winner of this goes a long way to clinching a bird. I think the loser is, is going to be really in trouble or you start having to scoreboard watch with, like, Seattle and Detroit. But I think if you win this game on Sunday, put yourself in really good position. So uh, the stakes are high, and listen, that's all we can ask for on the outside. It's going to be fun as hell to watch. Right, definitely. Uh, Dan, before, before I let you go, let's look big picture here for a second. If you had to pick two teams to represent the AFC and the NFC in the Super Bowl right now, who would your Super Bowl matchup be? Well, maybe a little recency bias, but tough for me to pick against Philly. Uh, right. They look pretty darn good on Sunday. Right. So uh, I think, you know, but I, mean, I think Dallas and San Francisco might have something to say about that, but uh, really tough for me to go against Philly. And then, look, I think we all can hope that there's another, another Buffalo Kansas City uh, right. you know, playoff rematch. And uh, I think I'll give the slight edge to Buffalo, but. Um, you know, listen, if we get that matchup again, I think we'll all be winners because that was such a great game last right. year. But I think, yeah, I think a, a Philly, uh, Philly-Buffalo Philly Super Bowl would be pretty fun. All right, Dan, I appreciate, appreciate you giving me some time, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. Enjoy the game on Sunday. You too, buddy. That is Dan Duggan, Giants beat writer for The Athletic. Uh, make sure you give him a follow on Twitter at DDuggan21. He wrote a hell of a story earlier this morning uh, performing an autopsy uh, on the New York Giants. After their loss Sunday, make sure you check out his work in The Athletic. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.